I'll, I'll I'll tell it. Okay, so you tell the story. Yeah, it's gonna be better. We you. we were coming back, and uh, well, I, I guess I'll have to start when we kind of in the beginning of the trip when we first went up to the cabin in like day two or three, and it had just rained, and I'm in the car with you and your granddad, and you're driving up this your driveway or his driveway, and it's it's not just a normal driveway. It's like driving up a mountain because it is driving up a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you don't wear your seatbelt in case you need for safety. You don't wear your seatbelt because there's a likelier chance that you need to bail out of the car. But so <laughs> it, it it's like dirty and rocky and everything, and it had just rained. And your family behind us had the rental car, so your granddad, you know being the smart man that he is asked me to get out of the car and take down a couple of the branches that had come down. So it wouldn't scratch up the rental car and, you know, have a stupid price. So I get out and this branch wouldn't give. So I thought, well, I'll just hang, I'll just jump on the branch and my body weight will take it down. Like grab it with my arms and just hang from it, and my body weight would take it down. It was hanging on by that little bit I of thread. I remember. I remember what happened next. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that detail. So I, I fell and then I slid, and I was wearing sandals because I wasn't expecting to be doing this. I just kind of wanted comfortable footwear let's, in let's, August. Let's tell the truth. Let's tell the whole truth. They were flip flops. Okay, they were flip flops. Whatever. They're Adidas so, flip flops. They were Nike. Okay. Anyway. So I <laughs> land on the mud and slid under your like SUV, I guess it was. Suburban. And, yeah, it was a, it was a suburban. So it's an SUV, right? Well, I, and they're the same thing. All all some SUVs are suburbans, but not all suburbans are SUVs. No. All suburbans you're, are SUVs. I'm not sure about that, but I think you're probably right. Well, how would a suburban be different from another well, suburban? They're all SUVs. Well, I guess if suburban is a brand name or a type of vehicle, that's the question. It's, I think you're. I think you're. I'm a, just being. I'm being facetious. You're. You're correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, so anyway, there's mud caked up on these flip flops, and there wasn't any way to clean them, and I wasn't going to be wearing flip flops in like the back country of Colorado anyway, which is where we were. So I just didn't really think about them. So I've set them there in the corner and we're in Colorado for a few, we're like up there for a few days. And then we, they said, okay, well, we're going to leave. We're flying back to Lexington. So we're going to go back to Grand Junction, which is where like the hotels and stuff were, where we were staying some of the time. And so I just packed stuff up and I forgot, oh crap. There's like mud caked over all my sandals and I don't realize that until we're at the hotel. And this is like everything else is kind of like, okay, you could see why that would happen. This was just me being dumb. This and part. I let it I, I saw you doing it and it was like, that's a stupid idea. And didn't say anything <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I'm sorry for you're, that. You're you're stupid by association, but I, I was <laughs> I was the more guilty, stupider party. So I take 
we're, we're in this uh, hotel pool and hot tub, and I had the genius idea of taking these mud-caked flip-flops and putting them in the hot tub so I could wear them on the plane. Because when I go, when I fly, like, I don't like wearing shoes if I don't have to. Because you got to go through the line. You got to take your shoes off and you put them yeah. back on. It's a pain. It's just such a hassle. I, I, I hurry myself up. I, in my head, everybody else is like, why are you taking so long? But nobody's thinking that because we're all putting our belts on and off and, and shoes and everything and watches. No, Nobody else cares about the other people around you. But I am so like paranoid when I go through that, like I have to have my shoes off. Like I have to do it as quickly as possible. It's like going through the grocery checkout line because there's all those other people behind you trying to get their groceries out. But now you're trying to get on a plane. So that's in my head. So I want to, I want my flip flops to be clean and I made them terrible uh, because they just soaked in bacteria. Well, like, yeah, like there were kids in there, like young kids that shouldn't have been in a hot tub in there before we got in there. And I thought my first thought was like, I am 100. You know what happens when kids get warm, you know, in a yeah. like you put your hand in warm water. I, I, my first thought was these kids probably peed in that hot tub. Like and I, oh. I got I got I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get in this hot tub anyway. Hopefully the chlorine will kill whatever needs to and I'll just be OK. I don't think the kids peed in the hot tub. Oh, man, I, I would pee in a hot tub if I was a kid every time. I've been in a hot tub when I was a kid, and I never peed in the hot tub. Well, not intentionally. No, I never even, like, if I felt that, I'd, oh, and then I'd get out, and then I'd, I don't know, feel, I would remember. Mm, so, but, Jay, I don't know. Well, I think you, you're probably correct. You probably did not pee in a hot tub as a child. Stunk so bad and like we're at the airport and i don't notice it right away because i'm really we had to wake up at 2 a.m so i'm really tired and it doesn't hit me until our connecting layover in dallas and you know you smell bad when you smell yourself um yeah yeah that's a pretty bad smelling smell yeah and the cat's been out of the bag for years the female we're talking about is your cousin like Everybody, everybody knows. So, like, whatever. So I'm yeah. there and I'm thinking, oh, I hope Hannah doesn't smell me. Oh crap! So <laughs> my cousin was also just there visiting family because I have family in Dallas, and I noticed I saw on Facebook that she was flying back, and so she met up with me, and she probably thought, like, man, I got some weird family members, um, and I thought Jay was normal, but he smells like. A, a pig's butt right now <laughs> <laughs> and then we get on the plane and there's pig's nothing butt. to do <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have shoes with me they're all like checked i guess or uh whatever like they're yeah. they're not with me. you did so, not have very many options let's put it that way yeah and i wasn't <laughs> about to go to an airport store like i was a college kid i didn't yeah. have that money well, actually, I, I had money to buy that stupid uh, animatronic dog. dog that rolled over that was motion sensor, but yeah. I couldn't I didn't have money to spend on shoes, on footwear. That, that thing was probably really expensive, too. <laughs> it was, I think, 30 bucks. I probably could have gotten some more shoes. Yeah, the motion-sensing dog. So this dog that Jay bought, like, if you, if it had this creepy, the creepiest laugh ever 
And if it since like if you walked by it, even in the dark, it would turn on and start laughing and rolling <laughs> around on the floor. And it was so it I got I had pranked some people good. So I got my money's worth out of it. Yeah. But I, at that moment, I'm with the girl I wanted to impress. Not with, but with. Um in her presence. And I yeah, I smelled so bad. And then we get on the plane back to Lexington. And that entire, I, I should write an apology note to every single passenger on that plane because it was really bad. Um, I, you know, I've, I've smelled some people like being on long international flights, like, you know, after 12 hours together, people's deodorant wears off. Like it just, it just happens, mm-hmm. you know, but if yeah, I've but it's, on, on it, this was more than just too. body. Well, actually, yeah, it was. <laughs> I'll tell you the stinkiest person I've ever smelled getting off of like long transportation um, was my mom. (laughs) 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 She, uh, uh, it was like early September of 2001 and my mamma was watching me and my mom was on a work trip in California. And I said it was September of 2001 to so she had to take they they bought uh, everybody a ticket to this Greyhound bus, and they would only stop for the bathroom every once in a while. Like, I think they took everybody to Walmart and said, "Hey, get you know whatever you want, snacks, whatever you, you know, creature comforts." But you're putting it you're putting it on this bus, and we're going across the country. Um. So she got on this bus, and I think one of her, like, co-workers, I guess, or somebody who worked for the same company lived in Indiana or uh, something. So they st- – no, they stopped in Indiana, and they rented a car. And this guy, I think, lived in Louisville or something. So she – they dropped him off, and then she drove back to Lexington and – it was a few days after 9-11 or however long it took to drive back. And I'm sleeping and I hear her come in the house and I'm barely awake. And she comes in my room. She, you know, she wanted to hug me. I'm her 13 year old little boy. And she walked in the room and I was wide awake because she smelled so bad. It was disgusting. So <laughs> that smell I remember that smell. That smell was not as bad as my feet stink at the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport in August well, of 2011. Well, we forgot to tell the ending of that story. That when I, I mean, I realized that you stunk, and I was just like, okay, this is Jay just stinking sometimes, like you know. But and uh-huh. then we, you explained to me what had happened, and I was like, well, yeah, Jay, you put your, <laughs> you know, sandals and like a in a bowl of cesspool of bacteria like and you expect that not to like grow with your own coliform that you're culturing off of your feet Uh and and you're like yes in fact i i did expect that it would not do that well (laughs) (laughs) well it turns out my kate my sister was walking through the airport like the airport in lexington it was like hey i smell something really foul She's like, she's like, I smell something really bad. It sunk on the airplane too. I, I forgot. Like, I, couldn't, about I, I couldn't forget what it, I couldn't forget. I couldn't figure out what it was. And I looked at her like deadpan. I was like, it's Jay's feet. 
I totally threw you under the bus. To, to my well, sister. I deserved it. I mean, <laughs> and she was, I, she just she rolled her eyes and literally walked away from me to the baggage claim, just like disgusted with yeah. me for being your friend, disgusted with you for the smell. I, just <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I didn't intend for that to happen. Well, there but were many I, things on that trip that happened that were just funny like that just weren't intentional like that night that we were i don't know if you're comfortable sharing this story but we were in the uh in like the little bunkhouse and there was no yeah. no no bathroom no, okay. okay i know okay i know i know what you're going to talk about yeah but i need to i need to set it up too because this is going to okay. make me look really bad and i have to put some context to it because <laughs> if you were in my shoes you may have done something similar oh, I, I definitely would have i mean it sounds yeah. really stupid but it, it it turns i mean and it was but it wasn't as stupid as it sounds like if it's, someone else told in the story. moment in the and moment then, in the moment it made perfect sense even even oh, i was yeah. like I, I suggested it to you i was like That's okay my suggestion so, so was to do what we, we did just just go with it so we're driving up to the mountain and this is either before or after my sandals got caked with mud and i fell under the car chris's mom was telling me that one time she visited up here and uh well they have this main cabin which is you know had bedrooms and uh a tv and couches and uh bathrooms and a shower and all that and then there were these two little bunk houses just adjacent to it um it just had a couple beds whatever well, Chris and I, being the guys of the group and young and everything, they just said, hey, you're, they called it the mouse house. They, I don't know, because I guess it was small. Because um, it used to have a mouse problem. Oh, okay. Well, that's mice why. Would, mice funny, had colonized it. Story about that. It was so small, um, and they had these decorations on the walls of, like, antlers. Ant- antlers that my yeah. aunt had painted back in, like, the 90s with like teal polka dots on pink like i don't remember that aspect i just remember there were antlers and your dad decided to sneak away and take a nap in one of those beds and rose up and cut his head on on the antler and that was his start to the wilderness vacation um (laughs) i don't remember that but yeah that sounds like him (laughs) yeah so i kind of felt bad and like I saw that it happened and it was like after he was bandaged up and everything. And I was like, well, he seems okay. So, okay. So anyway, Chris's mom, Robin tells, tells me like, who's never been here. Everybody else has been here. She tells me like, Oh, well, one time I was in the mouse house and I had to get up in the middle of the night and I, it's like 20 feet away from the main cabin, but you're in, you're in wilderness. And it's Colorado, and she's like, I was really nervous in that 20 feet that I was going to get attacked by a bear or something. And I never thought about that until she said that. And I was like, wait, there's no bathroom in there, and I'm going to have to walk in the dark in this no, forest? No, to, to be fair, I get nervous every time I'm like, I mean, I, I, I'm just, we went up there last, not, not this past, this summer, but last summer, Susie and I and the girls and uh, just for a couple of days and um, we saw a bear, like just like a hundred, maybe like 200 yards yeah. away from the cabin. And we, it was like, it was like 12 feet away from us. 
Yeah, and like, and like it, I know there's bears in Colorado, and I know there's bears there because I remember uh, Hannah telling us that, oh yeah, she was there and she saw a bear and she had to run from it. So I'm thinking, okay, that, well, this that's is stupid. You don't run away from bears, but yeah, neither neither here nor there. But yeah. well, anyway, you know. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is like a real thing, and there's not a bathroom, and I usually do have to get up in the middle of the night and pee, like for whatever reason. So I can't go to sleep. And especially at this point in my life, I was staying up really late and sleeping in. So I'm in this new place. I can't get comfortable and I'm worried about having to go pee and there's a bear. So of course the urge comes and I have to pee and I take a Sudoku book because I always bring a Sudoku book when I travel or something like that. So I can just take my mind off of being on a plane or something well, I wanted to take my mind off of having to go to the bathroom. And I kept doing that. And I was like, I can't not think about this. And Chris is asleep and I don't know what to do. So I don't know. I don't know why I couldn't just like shake you and like wake you up and ask for help. People have tried and it doesn't work. So I, I started like coughing and like flapping the book really loud. I don't know why. Like, I don't know why. And you woke up sort of. You were well, half we threw, asleep. We threw the book against the wall. Like that's, that's what you did. You threw the book across the room against the wall, and it slapped over my head and fell down behind my head. And I woke up and I was like, "What the heck was that?" Like, and and you you're you're not like even fully awake still. And I said, "Hey, Chris, I, I have to pee." No, that's but... not where you st- you you heard a noise. No, you forgot. I said, "Do you hear that noise?" And then there was this, and, but it didn't, it didn't happen then. And you said, no. And I was like, well, just keep listening. And then sure enough, I said, well, what do you think that is? And you said, uh, it might be a bear. I don't know. Uh, it, it sounds like it's something though. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's scary. I forgot about that part. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, and I said, that's, that's the important part. That's yeah, the part that makes it really seem reasonable. Yeah. And I said, Chris, I really have to pee. But I don't want to walk outside right now. But I really have to pee. Should I pee out the window? And you said, no, don't open the window. Because, you know. So and I said, should I just pee in that trash can? And it was like this waste basket. And it wasn't one I'm of just- those water mesh ones. It was... It was solid. That's like a ceramic, so, ceramic, like, I don't know, ceramic or like old plastic. Yeah. Like when they actually so, build things right. Yeah. So I said, yeah. all right, um, I don't want to do this, but I think we can both agree. No, I mean, I, I remember this a little differently. I, I suggested, you, you didn't know what to do. And I said, why don't you just pee in that trash can? I suggested uh-huh. it to you. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Well, regardless, I, I that's regardless. And I, was, I didn't want to do it, but I was like, hey, I think we just agreed that this, that's what the situation called for. So I peed in the trash can, and then I saw this cooler that I could just put the trash can in, and if it fit, then I can close the cooler, and that way we don't have to smell the pee all night, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, yeah I did too. Well, I woke up. And, like, 
I, I didn't, you know, when you wake up, you don't think about how you peed. You're just like, okay, I forgot that this had happened. And Chris and his family wanted to go see, or not Chris, but some of his family wanted to go see uh, this tiny little town called Meeker uh, that we were like 45 minutes away from. And I was like, I'll probably never have that chance again. Sure. Like I was up for anything this trip because I wasn't sure if I'd ever get to do anything like this again. So I was just soaking all of it in. I was like, sure. I'll go to Meeker. Well, we're driving there and I'm thinking, Oh, I left the pee in the trash can and the cooler. Uh, <laughs> we don't have cell phone reception. I can't even like call Chris to apologize. I just have to like sit there while I just hope nothing bad happens and that he's not too mad at me. <laughs> so, well, I mean, <laughs> well, the, the next part of the story is kind of funny. And since Jay wasn't there, I'll tell it. But like, uh, I was like, blankety blank, Jay, blank, blank, blank. And got up and, uh, and realized that, yeah, there's, uh, sure, I bet, I'm thinking to myself, I bet Jay left that pee in the cooler. I bet he just left it there. I was like, uh, I, I hope, I hope he didn't, but I, he did. And so I get, I open the cooler and there's this big thing of pee. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to handle this. So I took the cooler and the uh, trash can and took it and um, you know and dumped it out and was washing it with the hose, and my grandfather comes out like you know <laughs> jovial like you know in his he always wore 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 khakis and a button up, I mean he was uh-huh. just like what you'd consider an all American businessman type person and so he would just he came out there and he's like what are you doing Chris and I said uh, cleaning this uh, I was just like trying to not tell him what happened, but like also kind of embarrassed and trying to like you know just play it off and he's like what are you doing there, Chris? And I was like, I'm just cleaning this trash can and this cooler. He said, why? You can picture my grandpa. He's like, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, well, uh, it was dirty. He's like, well, good for you. Thanks for taking the initiative and getting that done. Well, it was dirty. <laughs> I was like, say what? It was dirty. I mean, it was. And so I just said it was dirty and needed to be cleaned. And he's like, thanks for taking the initiative, Chris. I, I appreciate that. And, I was like, yeah. and so, I, so I, I just, you know, continued washing it out. And, and the cooler was probably used for many things. The, the next thing that happened on that trip that we, we don't talk about too often was uh, we were pranking the girls. I don't know what we did to them, my sister and my oh, cousin. Yeah. We, were, uh, we don't remember what we did, but they, they got mad at me particularly. No. We weren't pranking them. They decided to prank us, and they put oh, they fish did. under your pillow. That's right, and that's the night that I got bit by like all those deer flies because <laughs> I was like, yeah, "I'm gonna do it like the pioneers do it. I ain't wearing no bugs. Yeah, I'm gonna be a mountain man, trying to be yeah, tough." Yeah. And these deer flies that had no fear of dying, I killed like fifty of them. They kept biting uh-huh. me in the hands because it was the only part that was exposed. And my hand fingers, my index finger and my middle finger on my, I think it was my right hand. Swelled up to the size of sausages, like my fingers uh-huh. are relatively small, and they turned this like they were the size of sausages, and I literally could not bend them. And I found yeah. out that I had fish heads under my pillow all night the next morning. I remember that. That's when we found out that I was a better fisherman than you. Well, I wouldn't say that. You had some really good beginner's luck, my friend, and I didn't catch a thing yeah. that day. And Jay caught like like what four, three or four? Three. I caught three. Like we don't need to exaggerate. Yeah. I'm comfortable yeah. with how good I am. Uh, you must not be that good. Uh, you didn't catch <laughs> any. 
I knew where the fish were. <laughs> and you say it's beginner's luck, but that just sounds like somebody who's not good at fishing. That sounds like something they would say. Oh, yeah, it, it does, doesn't it? Well, I guess I'm making excuses for myself. I'll work on my fishing skills. But yep. like, I've caught a lot of fish in my day. I've caught a lot of fish in my day. Uh-huh. Some were the size. But, but like, to be fair, you caught some really nice rainbow trout. And we uh-huh. ate them. And the, the head just, you know, and, and, well, yeah, there's bones, you know. You have to watch out for that. But yeah. the, uh, but the, uh, the heads ended up under my pillow all night long. <laughs> flies and how much I hate flies. So they, um, they put the fish heads under your bed and then. When no, no, were, no, under my pillow. Under your pillow. pillow. Yes. Uh, your pillow. Pillow. And then, <laughs> pillow. And then when we were leaving, um, we were packing stuff up and you pretended to be over the top angry and had them pack everything up for you. And I was like, man, he played that perfectly. I did. Because I'm kind of ashamed of it because I took advantage of them. <laughs> I, I, you weren't overacting. Like you, you played that, like you usually overact. And like, I, I do. I'm subtle to strong point, but I was, I was impressed then. Yeah, they ended up doing a lot of extra work to make to try and placate me, and I wasn't even mad because I've done worse, way worse pranks to both of them than that over Probably. the years. So, yeah, and others. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> believe me, like, uh, but I I had it coming, and also perform a complex task like assembling, I don't know, assembling uh, or like putting in an electrical outlet or something like that that you want to make sure you have right. For me, I can only do one or either one or the other. I can't yeah. Do both. At the same time, so I can stop. I can stop installing the electrical outlet, or I can talk to you, or you can talk to me while I do it. And I've actually run into this issue where, like, I was a young young professional in a in a law office once as a training as training as a paralegal, and this guy came in to work on the computers, and I wanted to ask him questions while he was doing stuff. And I really I realized like much later than I should have that I was annoying the crap out of the guy. Because instead of like, you know, I wanted to learn what he was doing so I could apply it, you know, maybe or be it, I was interested in learning more about tech. Uh-huh. And he was just like, he was just like, man, I really need to get this done so I can move on to the next job. But, you're, but he wouldn't tell me that I was bugging him. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it really should have been apparent. Like at that point in my life, I was, you know, I'll just bug you until you tell me to stop. And then it's your responsibility to tell me to stop. No, it's also partially your responsibility to not bug yeah. people. I mean, I I have a friend at work who sits next to me and when I'm at mm. when I'm at work um well especially at this point in my life because like there's more to it than just like going to work and earning a paycheck like I am yeah. absolutely trying to just bust my butt and do every single thing possible I can to succeed and to like make next steps and and like I'm succeeding, but like I want to make sure that goes on the same route. So there's all these metrics like number of calls in a day I want to make, um, for one. And it just seems like we all have this group chat between like all the people who are young in their careers, uh, like us. So we can just kind of relate to each other more and. Uh, we all face the same 
uh, issues and challenges, I guess. So we can just kind of complain and vent to each other, but also we just blow off steam by being completely stupid um, and just goofy and stuff. And it's really fun, but you don't want to pay too much attention to it because you're there to work. Um, so like throughout the day, he'll just go, Jay, Jay. And I'll have to just pretend that I don't hear him because I'm making calls and like, if somebody, if like one extension doesn't answer, I might very well the next second hit redial and try another extension and just go through that whole thing and exhaust all of my options. And if not, then forget about them and do a bunch of research and find like all these other potential prospects. But I'm trying, and that takes so much mental energy. Like at the end of the day, I'm either just completely done. Or I'm like hyper because oh, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, I get to let loose. <laughs> yeah. I have people in my life that are right at the moment, like they haven't always been this way and they won't always be this way, but there's certain individuals in my life that are huge drain on my emotional, uh, yeah. you know, r- reservoir. And like when you have young kids and you spend a lot of time with young kids and you spend a lot of time, you know, dealing with people that um, like I'm a landlord and I have people that are trying to get salt, getting, getting, trying to get me to solve their personal problems with other, with their housemates or people that live in their buildings uh-huh. uh, in different apartments. And they want me to solve those problems. And so if I, you know, when I, when I have, I only have a certain bandwidth for uh-huh. like conflict, yeah. right. Or, or, or even any, or yeah. anything or anything. And so when there's certain people that I have to say, look, I'm going to have to get back to you later because right now I don't have the headspace to deal with an hour long conversation on resolving this conflict. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's not your problem. I mean, they are people living in your, your property. So, I mean, it could potentially be your problem and you want to make sure that it doesn't escalate into anything, but at the same time, like if it does, that's not your fault. No, it's not. It's not my fault. I mean, it's easier to pass the buck and have someone else deal with uncomfortable situations. Uh-huh. And what I, you know, I've been listening to a podcast called The Order of Man, where he talks. Like I've just listened to a couple episodes, but he's spot on about like you know, you know, you sometimes you got to just face stuff head on, and if it's uncomfortable, you just got to uh-huh. do it, even if it's uncomfortable. Like how many calls do you make a day that are uncomfortable when you? Oh call my gosh, someone? I have. Okay, so. I try not to think about it before I hit dial unless I've talked to these people before and there's some kind of foundation. I might go in. I like, I might have a note written down and be like, Hey, ask them about this, or this is what we talked about last time. And I think, okay, that's what we talked about last time. Okay. Uh, this is my plan. But then if I'm just going in cold and like, there are I'm not sure how much I can say, but like, I just have to ignore some things basically and just hit dial and be like, I am 99% sure that this call is going to either be complete crap or they won't even answer their phone. And to be honest, there's good and bad to both of that. Like if they don't answer their phone, you don't have to deal with it. But if it's complete crap, it's like, okay, I've already dealt with that. Like, you know, what else could go wrong? Yeah. I I think something about like sales in general, 
is that if you're cold call, if you're in a type of job where you have to make cold calls to try and get new clients that you get so much like insulation on your in your like in your brain against like rejection mm-hmm. that like in a situation where you could be rejected even if you know you might you just don't care yeah anymore. like you you just you get you get a and i think that's a really healthy place for people to be in general and that's why i think sales is such a good thing because it forces people out of their oh, comfort yeah. zone and forces if, them to get used to even rejection. if you aren't a career career salesman or career career saleswoman i think a lot of people can gain something from sales because you you either run or hide and i see people who do both i've i see people who hide they're like i don't want to deal with rejection okay you don't want to deal with rejection from people who you don't even know who aren't going to give you their business anyway. But guess what? You're going to deal with rejection from uh, people not selling you the house that you want because you don't have the money because you're not working hard enough for it. You're going to deal with rejection when it comes to like, there are certain things in your life you can't afford because. Well, I mean, how many women did we chase after before we found our wife? A lot. I mean, okay, a lot. Well, I mean, think of well, how many well, like we're gonna sound sleazy. Like it wasn't like chasing. Well, yeah, but we 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 were pursuing yeah. we were pursuing women for uh-huh. marriage because that's our value system. But um, you know, there were lots of women that I wanted to to go out with, uh-huh. and you know, because I was me and immature and did stupid things like uh, rappelling off the roof <laughs> of my dorm, um, or like getting up on the roof with roof with like a, a stolen key I had and throwing water balloons at strangers, which was a lot uh-huh. of fun. But like, you know, women, women like are kind of mature a little bit like sooner than guys. In my case, a lot sooner. I didn't feel like an adult until I was 30 years old. Yeah. Um, But like, you know, like, but to tell you the truth, like women are looking for some, in my opinion, women are looking for somebody that they can have like a future Mm -hmm. with. And they don't want, they don't necessarily mind like going a couple of dates with a goofball, but if you're a complete goofball and you're not taking anything seriously and women can tell and they're not they may like serious women that want to have a family and um you know or like you know be married to someone that like they want they want their husband to take well yeah and i remember not everything it doesn't mean you can't have a sense of humor and i think people just people in general like a sense of humor but i've learned the hard way that if you let your sense of humor or any personal aspect about you get out of control then it's like people that's all they see you as and i remember when i was single yeah and you know like i i can make people laugh pretty easily but i remember our our other friend reese just telling him he's like have you let them see your serious side i was like well yeah i'll let them see that but you know people i think people like that i can make them laugh but i can't I used to kind of hide behind that. Like, oh, I can make you laugh. That's who I am. Okay. Then I had to kind of open up. But anyway, back back to sales. Like, I'm trying to make, you know, I. they give us these goals. And it's like, you make so many calls a day, so many calls a day. And I'm like, okay, that's just, that's just kind of the normal. This is what it takes to be a, a good good to really good broker and you know you'll find your your big customers and whatnot but i want to get there sooner so 
I want to make more calls and I want to do more because you can really put the gas pedal down and go fast. And it takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of like, it sucks. It's not fun. I get to work at seven 30. Um, I take like a 20 minute lunch. I eat at my desk in case I miss anything. I might leave for lunch every now and then, but I eat at my desk and I usually don't leave until five 30. So I'm there for 10 hours, just pounding the phone, sending out emails, uh, researching, uh, trying to like plan stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really draining. So like you're going back, back to the thing you're talking about, the attention span and mental bandwidth. Like I am all focused on that and probably doesn't help that I have ADD, but this other dude's like, Hey Jay, Jay, look at this. Jay, look what's going on in the group chat. Jay. I'm like, dude, I can't do that right now. I need to like, I need to be hitting dial on this phone or else like this probably isn't healthy. I probably need to uh, reevaluate and change how I view this. But I feel like in those moments where I'm kind of goofing off more than I should, I think everybody needs a, a breather every now and then, but when I'm goofing off more than I should, I imagine myself explaining that to my wife and saying, Hey, we couldn't do this because I just decided that I wanted to make jokes with friends at work. I hope that's okay. And that's not what my wife is like. That yeah. That is not an accurate description of Emily at all. No, she's very, she's very understanding, yeah. but, and she would, I mean, she would even say like, probably like, yeah, if, if this is correct, yeah. if not, this is not correct, let me know. But you'd probably say, yeah, well, sometimes you got to blow off. Yeah. Time, and guess. you do. Everybody does. But, she told me like sometimes in the but, break room at her work, she and the, the other employees there get a little weird. I think, I think it's probably a normal workplace thing where otherwise normal people or I'm, I'm pretty goofy, but like, we just get weird. Like, and then you get on the phone and you're like, Hey, this is Jay with blah, blah, blah. And, uh, okay. You sound like a normal person, but. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, the, the point, the point is though, that like, like when you're at work, you're there to work. You're not there to, you know, shoot the breeze. I used to try and like pick, I had a mentor at, uh, and he, he owned 10 of the buildings that I own. I own two of them. Hang on. Huge. But he, he has like, Oh, okay. He has what? But he has like uh he has like I guess he has about fifty, maybe fifty two units now, uh, of like individual apartments within these buildings he owns. And so and he does most of the repair work on stuff that's fixable himself, unless it's something that he needs to hire a contractor to do. And so I was helping him and he was training me on how to do this and I wanted to ask him lots of lots of questions and learn stuff. But at a certain point, like you only have and he explained this to me, he's like, Chris, you know, at the time, like He's like, I only have a certain amount of like, you know, space left in my head for making decisions and answering questions. So like, do not, if it's not important or not something that you're actually going to learn from, and you're just trying to like, you know, not be lonely by talking to me because you're yeah. here to work. Like you need to be here to here to work. And so I remember having that conversation with him. I'm like, you know what? We're not here to be friends. Uh -huh. I'm not here to be his friend or like, you know, he may be mentoring me in business, but I'm also making <clears> him money. 
and you know, if I'm not if I'm not taking the job seriously, I'm you know he's not going to train me, and I'm not going to learn what I need yeah. to learn. And you know, you have to be there to work. I, um, there's only a cer- certain amount of kindness that people will extend you in the workplace, and if you're not meeting their expectations, they they will have to let you. Yeah, work. and like I've tried to connect myself to more successful freight brokers like people who are making real good money who are driven who are rising in the ranks uh in in whichever route they want to go some people want to go into management some people just want to keep building their book of business some people want to do both um and i think to me that's a personal preference um but I've, I've tried to attach myself to some of those people because I see them working and there's like a good balance of getting to know one another and forming some type of friendship and stuff. But at the same time, like there's the camaraderie comes from, we are like putting our nose to the grindstone, busting our butts and, we're in this yeah we're we're a... have we're making ourselves we're pushing ourselves together and we're gonna we might have a sucky day but hey at least we're having a sucky day together <laughs> you know yeah like there's a certain amount of camaraderie doing hard stuff with people builds yeah. like you know for for me um you know i i lift weights two to three times a week and have for the past you know three or four years and I've gotten a lot stronger. No, am I am I like super strong? No, I'm probably an intermediate uh-huh. lifter for my body type. But like the people, the people that have stuck around and have come back to lift with me in my garage gym, like we have, we, we we're doing hard stuff together, like difficult stuff that most people don't want to do. But it's easier not to do uh-huh. it. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but that but doing those difficult things together um, builds camaraderie and brothership. And I mean, and brotherhood. It's, it's and, oddly. You know, fun like <clears throat> there's a bunch of us uh i haven't done it a lot this week just because i i need to uh i need to filter out some people in my pipeline and get rid of them and add new ones but you wake up at like five in the morning a lot of us do five in the morning um i plan on doing this tomorrow actually and then just adding people to your pipeline because that's when it's it's a long way to explain, but that's when some people become, quote, I guess, available to you, um, and you can, like, make them yours in a way. Um, they're not your customer, but, yeah, I don't know how much detail I can go into, yeah. but, like, you wake up at... Yeah, I, I, I gotcha. You know, and I, I was doing this thing where I would wake up at 5, um, I'd be done with that around 5.15, 5.20... I'd lay in bed for a little bit. I'd get up. I'd work out for 10 or 15 minutes. I'd make myself a nice big breakfast, brew the coffee, all that, and go to work and be at work at 7.30. And I would plan out my day and, you know, make a to-do list, make a call list, do all that stuff. And then I would try to make, oh, gosh, a good day would be 100 calls. I'd try to make 80 calls. Um, and you're doing that and you're sending out a bunch of emails and you're learning stuff and you're researching. And at the end of the day, you know, 
maybe you stay a little bit later to 5.30 so you can kind of get a jump on doing the same thing the next day. Um, our day ends at, technically yeah. ends at 5.15 is when you can clock out. But if you're pushing yourself, you stay later. Yeah. So I stay a little bit later. <laughs> and I set myself up for the and, next day to do the same thing again. And Yeah, and here's the thing that's really interesting about what you're doing is that you're basically learning to learning the job and to be more efficient doing the job. And something that I, re- I read a book by Robert Greene. I wouldn't recommend all of his books personally because some of them are, you know, not – I don't want to live the way he describes people in some of the books he writes. But ro- the book I'm talking about is Mastery. And it basically talks about, like, um, becoming a master in your chosen field and what that takes. And it goes through a bunch of case studies of people that have become masters in their field and what, that, what they had to do to yeah. get there. And one of the things he talks about in that book is people – actually being kind of masochistic about you know it's gonna suck it's gonna suffer you're gonna Mm -hmm. have to embrace the suck and revel in it in order to kind of put your nose to the grindstone and actually do the work to get Mm -hmm. where you want to go it's not going to be easy and you and like everyone wants like and my myself included everyone wants the easy path the, the the shortest route to the route to the uh um yeah the destination yeah. but the you know the truth is that we often in my opinion we benefit more from the, the long and the, road and there sometimes. are there are those rare people who just uh in any sales job who just get lucky you know like they oh yeah on- I mean, when you worked for aflac a woman did that and she made like what six figures i don't, in her first I don't year? remember um and it is possible to make six figures your first year here and not get lucky. I, I mean, whatever your philosophy is on luck, I, there is some of that involved in any sales job. Um, but I think even more so you make your own luck. So, you know, you might, you might. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to catch that that big deal if you're not looking. I mean, you might, but the chances of you catching that big deal if you're not looking yeah. for it are so much smaller than if you actually take. <clears> you <throat> know, you're putting yourself out there. You more. Usually, don't find that in your first year. You might not even find it in your year. No. Um, you might not ever really find a big yeah. customer. You might have a lot of small to medium sized customers, maybe one or two large ones, but it, it's just really all about how you go about building it up but i mean everybody wants that big one because everyone wants that yeah, white whale I mean, and i work with some people who caught it and i also work with some people who have worked there for years and they're still grinding every day trying to find it um like it's it's by the way it is so weird working in this office because everybody is kind of friends with each other and there's hundreds of people and everybody for the most part gets along. But then when you find out, Oh my gosh, this guy is like making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And this guy is making $40,000 a year. But like people are just hanging out. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, you can sometimes kind of tell by looking at people if they dress like it or maybe by the car that they drive. Yeah. If you just happen to pull in when they do. But like the guy who's training me, um, the guy whose account I worked under and then 
I got out of his account and then he got promoted. So he was my boss. And then I was off of his account at the same time he got promoted. So then he was my boss again. Um, <laughs> which I like this guy a lot. Like we, we get along really well. So that that's good. Like just that's good for talking you, yeah. to him and stuff. You'd have no idea, but then you see, Oh, he drives a Cadillac. Oh, that's the house he bought. Oh, that's where he goes on vacations and stuff. Oh, he bought just for fun, kind of as a joke, bought me like UK edition Nikes as a gift to get like, that I got out of my proving grounds. I'm like, dude, those wow. shoes are expensive and you just bought them for me because I did something that I should do anyway. So yeah. that's nice. It's it's good to be generous if you yeah. can be. You and know. but like I, I was the- working his account and I did a darn good job. Like I helped make him a bit of money. So I guess there's that. Well, good. I mean, I think the best way like to uh, this is something that someone once told me, and I don't know that it's 100 percent true, but I think it's true more often uh-huh. than not. Is that the best way to move up in a company is to make your boss look good? Yeah, I agree. Like this, you know, it's one of the best ways. There's other, probably other ways to move up, but like you know, if you make your boss look good, like you'll often as you'll rise. Yeah, and that that's something that they kind of teach us. um, Because okay, there's people who are bosses within the company, but really, if you think about it, our customers are our bosses. Because without them, like we don't get paid as much. (laughs) Um, So if you can kind of get to them, say, how long have you been with your company? Find out more about them and find out what they want to do with their careers and figure out if there's anything you can do to help them advance by your services. Guess what? They're, they're, they're more likely to keep you than not. If, if that's, yeah, they'll be, they'll be loyal to yeah, you for if, life, if you know? And often if you're just kind to people, oh, yeah. you know, if you can be kind to people and be a refreshing voice in their ear and not a nagging voice in uh-huh. their ear, like, or, and just, you know, take a real genuine interest in their life. I mean, this is straight out of like how to win friends and influence uh-huh. people, but, um, by Dale Carnegie, but if you can just take an interest in people's life, you know, you're more likely to get sales with them and you don't even necessarily have to ask, ask them for the sale. They might just say, well, here's, here's what I need. And you can just make yeah. it happen. Okay. If you can just like, you know, use friendship as a tool to, I'm not saying be friends with people for your personal gain, right. but like you can be friends with people and both win. Oh, in the yeah. Same situation. My, my favorite uh, kind of, actually, I just um, got a customer. Uh, I don't know if I sh- could say the name or not. Um, I can tell you off air. It's kind of cool, actually, <laughs> who they are. But I called them and I got a hold of the quote unquote wrong person. But he turned out to be the right person. And I really like this guy. Actually, this guy did what we were talking about. This guy did this to me. Uh, He's a salesman there. And so he knows what it's like to be in sales. So he said, you know, I used to uh, have a 3P, a third-party logistics company. Um, So what do you all do? And he's like taking interest in me and like telling them all about it, kind of in a nutshell. And he says, okay, well, I really want you to get a sale you know 
I think it would be cool. Um, you're telling me that, you know, this is kind of your strong point. Y'all aren't so much about this, but you all are about this. I'll give you some of the other stuff just to see, but I understand that this is your strong point. So something came that was in our wheelhouse and like I knocked it out of the park for him. And like he was happy. Uh, the person who whose job it was there was like extremely thankful. She said, thank you so much. They're giving me more opportunities with them. And I'm like, you all are so nice and you're a big company. Most people who are in smaller companies would just be like, yeah, thanks. Okay. Go screw yourself. You know, yeah. like don't stop calling us. <laughs> we gave you, we gave you some freight. Okay. Shut up. But these people are so yeah. nice and they don't, they don't, like have to be you know what i mean so yeah well no one and this is the thing most people don't have to be nice but if they are i think that things generally go better for them like if you're i just imagine like if you're a, a, a mean person or a jerk to your spouse how often like you guys have a romantic like yeah. dinner or like or uh, you know do anything that's like i don't know yeah i know yeah. like I, i've i've learned this lesson the hard way like i've like in my marriage, like we, I've been stressed out a lot with uh, these children that I'm taking care of. Like, for those who don't know, I I run a real, small real estate business, and I also have I'm a stay at home parent for my uh, three year old and the uh, one and a half year old, almost two year old. And uh, just my wife just makes a lot more money doing what she's doing than I was making, so I made the sacrifice to try and start this business and uh, you know stay at home with mm-hmm. them, and. And the truth is that uh, it's probably one of the most rewarding and one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my entire life. It is much harder than what I used to do for yeah. work. And even even harder than what I'm doing with the real estate. Um, and I was going somewhere Being important nice with people. this. And I lost my track. Your wife. Oh, yeah. Like, I just find that, like, you know, even with my kids, like, you know, you can be dogmatic and authoritarian. And sometimes that's necessary, but you can also like, you know, try and make things fun instead of just making everything about rules and being pedantic. You can say, you know, you know, if we get all this cleaned up, then, you know, we can go on a walk. And so they like, oh, well, we get to go on a walk after getting this stuff cleaned up. Well, it's the same. It's the same like in almost any relationship. It's just scaled differently. So instead of like saying like, oh, we can like, you know, playing like, obviously that's not going to work with an adult, but if you're kind and you're loving and respectful to people in your life that you care about and not a jerk, they're going to want to spend more time yeah. with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that, that translates to romance yeah. too. It, um, if you romance your, your spouse, then you're more likely to be into yeah. them. And not, not just so you can get that or any kind of, aspect. no, no, it's not, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a full, it's a full circle. Like, you uh-huh. know, um, you know, you can't forget that when you're married, that you have to actually still date your spouse. Um, You have to still work on the relationship. Like, you know, you can grow apart and a lot of people get divorces simply because, you know, they're they're like, well, we're married, so we don't have to invest in each other. That's not true. You have to. And it's really, it's really easy to just get caught up in a routine. Uh, And I've I've noticed that about myself because I just talked about, you know, all the effort and energy I'm putting into my job. Um, but 
none of that is more important than my marriage, uh, my friendships, my faith. Like those are why I want to do good at this job. I don't want to do good at this job. And then, Oh, by the way, I'll have these other things. Those are the reasons I want to be good at this job. I want to really succeed so I can not just so I have a bunch of money to blow on myself, but so I can invest in all of those things. Um, you know, like, uh, well, if we want to get personal, like, yeah, if I could be a single income earner, that'd be great. Uh, or Emily can do whatever she wants. She can work full time, part time, not at all on a, you know, just random basis. Uh, obviously you want to give to your church and your community and people and like, you know, you want a certain type of house and stuff and you want good stuff for your, and you want to, you know, you want to, I would like to, uh, entreat friends to stuff, but right now I can't, I mean, could. Yeah. It's all about motivation. Like if you have the right motivation and mindset going into anything, if it's, if it's put in its proper perspective and proper place, then chances are you're going to be more successful at it because you're going to be grounded in, in your reasoning. And yeah. your and, and a lot of times I have to remind like, you know, when I'm in that grind, I have to remind myself why I'm doing it. Um, but that also plays into what I was, what I was getting at when I said, I can't only focus on that. It's easy to, like I said, it's easy to get caught up in a routine and not prioritize things the way they should and let, you know, I'm putting a lot of effort and energy into this new career, but I can't run myself dry and not have anything to give for the more important aspects of my life. There needs to be a balance. And I, I, you know, people are on board. Like Emily is, completely behind me and she's like look i went through medical school i get that you have to put up with a year of uh like you know two or three years of tough sacrifice in order for you know a a pay 